Welcome into the 223rd episode of the Young Terps podcast from the Viner Fourgate studio. We have a full episode today. I got the chance to sit down with head Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn and the Terps national championship goalie Logan McNaney at Spring Sports Media Day this week. We'll play those two interviews coming up here in just a minute. Then the man himself, Todd Carton, joins the show, and we take a look at tonight's Maryland basketball game against Indiana, as well as a look back on the wins over Wisconsin and Nebraska. Pack show coming up. Now let's get to my interview with Coach Vaughn. Now we're good. Back here on Spring Sports Media Day with head Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn. Rob, I'll start off, I guess, after the run last year, the hype, the extra bleachers, how are you trying to continue the fan support, really engage the Maryland community like they were again last year? Man, people like being a part of winners. You know, that's the one thing I've learned is, is when you're winning and you put a good product on the field, people want to show up. And so this group's been working every day to, to show up, to do their job. And, and it's got a, it's an exciting group this year. That last year and everything we got to experience was exciting. The fan support all year was awesome. Kind of capped off by obviously the regional here in College Park. But, um, but yeah, we go do out our job. And, and I'm sure those, those stands will fill up again. Yeah, they certainly will. Last year, you guys started off the season with a big road trip to Texas. You took on, was it Baylor, Houston Baptist? What's the plan for this year? I know being here, the weather the way it is, you have to take some road trips. Where are you guys heading early this year? So we open up in Tampa, South Florida. So week one, we go down to Ole Miss. Week two, who's the defending national champion. Um, week three, we head up to the Cambria Classic up in Minnesota, where we're going to play Vanderbilt, Ole Miss again um, in Hawaii. So, we, man, we get out of the gates hot again. We're going to be tested early and have to show them be ready to go. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. It's such a long grind. How do you keep the kids involved from day one all the way through, you know, to run all the way into June? the end of the season. What, what is the team's feeling right now? Is there a lot of excitement or how do they prepare for the grind? No, I think there's a lot of excitement early. You know, obviously guys get excited when you get out there and, and, and they're getting going with everything, but I think the biggest key is you got to show up every day. The, that was last year's strength. We were extremely consistent last year. Um, and so I think as you go into it, all these guys want to play professional baseball. Those guys play 162 games a year. They yep. play every day. So you know, you, you don't show up one day in college, everything gets amplified. We play 56, so you don't show up, you lose when you shouldn't. That derails things that, that, that could lead to pretty special things. So they've been showing up every day. They've got a great mentality, great leadership on this group by some veteran players. So I don't I don't think this group's going to have a problem with kind of showing up to ring the bell every day. A couple of names that maybe the Turf fans will will see new names out there. Who who are you going to look for, and any movement in the transfer portal this year? Yeah, a couple. You know, obviously you got you know Luke Schlager, Matt Shaw, Nick Russo, kind of the usual suspects back there. Jason Savko, Nick Dean. Um, but some new guys have got a chance to be pretty special impact guys. And Matt Woods, transfer from Bryant, is going to be a starting outfielder for us, just a veteran guy. He was the NEC player of the year last year. Um, great leader, great maturity, great plan. Um, Elijah Lambros, who's a transfer from South Carolina, just very explosive athlete. Um, it's going to be a lockdown center fielder. It's really swung the bat well for us. In addition to the pitching staff, you got a guy like Tommy Kane, who's big on. I mean, it's a mid-90s lefty out of the bullpen. Um, Kenny Lippman, same thing, B3 transfer out of the bullpen, slash starter role that can be pretty effective. Nate Havard here from Ohio State. So we, we did our job to try to kind of plug some holes and to fill some voids, and now we just got to go out and, and go to work. Yeah. All right, thanks, Rob, for the time, and uh, we'll talk during the season. Sounds good. Thank you. And that was Terps baseball coach Rob Vaughn. I uh, thank him again for his time. Uh, we'll try and get him on again in season. Their their schedule is so packed. Last year we had an interview planned with them, but it had to get pushed back due to uh, travel restrictions 
uh, with the team and and just the back-to-back nature uh, of the season that we talked a little bit about in the interview. Uh, Now let's head across College Park over to the team that starts their season off at CQ Stadium this Saturday against Richmond. That is the reigning national champion Maryland men's lacrosse team and my sit-down with goalie Logan McNaney. Back here at Spring Sports Media Day with Terps lacrosse goalie Logan McNaney. Logan. Huh? All right, hold on. Logan, looking back, reflecting a little bit before we talk about this year, what's the last couple months been been like for you? Um, you know, um, obviously coming off of the, the year we had last year, um, you know, you t- kind of take a step back, take it all in for a little bit, but I kind of kind of get rid of that. Um, kind of in the later half of the summer, get ready to get back into into the season with a new group, um, kind of reset, make our own journey and our own goals. And, we have our own team, and it's, it's a completely different team than last year. So um, we're going to find our new identity, and that's kind of what we're planning on doing. So. Yeah, when you talk about the identity of Maryland lacrosse, obviously the culture, be the best. You guys yeah. know that you have the target on your back, especially after the championship from last year. What, what is the mentality of playing at Maryland? What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it means everything to me. Um, you know, growing up watching Maryland lacrosse games, um, it's just guys working hard, um, making those tough plays. Um, being selfless, smart, um, guys not getting too riled up. Like if, if you know if you have some altercations on the field, um, but it, um, kind of just to be the best thing, like you said, um, everyone embodies that. And when you when you get to a place like this, such a special place, um, everyone kind of takes that into their own account. And uh, we work as a group to try to be the best at the end of the year, every year. So. Um, I think we have a good group that understands kind of the way the culture works here, so I'm pretty excited about the group that we have. I ask you about one of your teammates now, the first Maryland defender to get the number yep. one jersey, Brett Maycar. What does it mean to you to see the guy that's right to your right or yeah. left in the cage taking on the tradition of Maryland lacrosse in the yeah. number one jersey? I mean, ever since I got here, I knew that that kid was a pretty special kid. Um, almost a man now, pretty much. Um, but just seeing his work ethic and how much he cares about the team, uh, representing the state, just the passion he plays with is, is super special. And for a guy like him to get number one, it's, it's pretty deserving for him. So it's pretty special to see that. But he doesn't change. You know, he's the same guy. And, uh, you know, it's good for him that he's wearing number one. So, so you got all these East Coast guys playing lacrosse, yep. and you have one guy from Oregon. <laughs> yep. uh, how did Ajax Zapatella fit into this program, and is there a difference in West Coast to East Coast lacrosse from what you can tell? Yeah, I mean, obviously in, in high school, um, when you're getting recruited to a school like this or any big, big Ten school, ACC, what have you, um, those guys are going to be the best players on the high school team pretty much. So um, he kind of understands that. And guys on the team as well, younger guys, when they come in, it's a clean slate. Um, you kind of have to work from the bottom up. And he's been uh, he's been doing a great job ever since he's gotten here. So um, he's a hard worker. Um, like many guys, I, I can say so many good things about him, um, but he's just someone that works incredibly hard, um, cares so much, puts in the film work extra time, so 
it's pretty, pretty special to see. Um, I don't see much of a difference, mm -hmm. um, kind of in the grand scheme of things. You know, we kind of bought into into the culture here. Cool. And he's doing pretty well. So. so often you spin out of that cage and yeah. look 50 yards downfield like yeah. your own version of Tom Brady. <laughs> How far downfield can you hit a guy like I'll take a, an open Dante Trader, somebody like that? I'd say a ho hopefully 100 yards try to on the dot, but you yeah. know that's that's pretty tough to do. Yeah. Um, but um, playing on the defensive side of things, you know, you're kind of the starters of the offense. Um, you get a stop after a long possession, short possession, whatever. Um, you get it to that offensive guys as quick as possible. And I, I take pride in the clearing game. Um, it's something that I really work on. Stick work is extremely important for me. It's important for everyone. Um, I try to incorporate both hands because sometimes I can't get the pass off with my left hand. So. Um, if I could do it with both hands, the same distance, you know, on the dot, I mean, that's pretty cool. So that is. I kind of work on that stuff quite a bit. So. Well, to me, you lost, I guess, your two best receivers. Some of those yeah. plays, the Bubba yeah. and the Roman, where you hit them and oh, they're yeah. going. And yeah. you're, or you, I guess you, like all the fans, are waiting to see if they score on yeah. those plays. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have guys that are coming in that are able to do the similar stuff to them. Um, they're younger, obviously, not as much experience, yeah. but... Um, Throughout the fall and even in this in this preseason, guys have stepped up and um, we'll have some guys that can run transition. So, yeah. so what kind of celebrations to kick off where those 50-yard passes results in a score? <laughs> Just a little fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm not. I'm not much for celebrations. No, um, you 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 have a reputation to be yeah, pretty calm yeah, back I, there. Yeah, I can't be going crazy back yeah. there. So, um, kind of just keep it within myself, and yeah. you know, I don't get too hyped up about things like that. Obviously, right. it's pretty motivating, and it's a especially with those transition goals. They're pretty motivating to uh, to the team. You know, our bench gets pretty hyped up. Right. Stuff going on there, this but. is something I don't think I've ever said before. Our returning national championship goalie. Uh, here on Turp Talk. Yep. Thanks for being on. We'll see you on Saturday against Richmond. Yep, excited. Thank you. And now, before we get to basketball, this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. It is the biggest sports betting time of the year with the Super Bowl coming up. But tonight, uh, the Terps still a one-point favorite. Holding on, we'll talk about that a little bit more with Todd, uh, to clinging to that basically pick em line tonight. And similar... One to that for the big game and DraftKings bet $5 and instantly get $200 and free bonus bets deposited to your account is still live with our code Young Terps. There is no better place to bet than America's biggest sports book and that is DraftKings. Uh, I have the app. I know Bruce is now a big fan of DraftKings now that it's live here in Maryland. If Whether you want to bet on the Terps, uh, the NFL with the Super Bowl coming up, college lacrosse lines are live on DraftKings as well coming up for this Saturday's start of the season. Regardless of the game, there's no better place to bet than the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now. New customers use promo code YOUNGTERFS. Bet $5 on the Super Bowl or any other game and get $200 in bonus bets back instantly. That is promo code YOUNGTERFS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, problem contact 1-800-GAMBLER here in Maryland or visit mdgamblinghelp.org you must be 21 and over to play and physically present here in Maryland eligibility restrictions apply valid one per new customer minimum $5 deposit minimum $5 bets 
issued as bonuses that expire seven days or 168 hours after being awarded. See terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com backslash football terms ends 2-12-23 at 11.59. And this podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. Now over to Todd. Now for his irregularly scheduled joining us on the show is uh, Todd Carton. Todd, uh, no non-rev report at this part of the week. We have uh, games in, what, just about three hours for uh, women's basketball and some other sports. So we're skipping the report on the early week episode of the pod. Uh, We'll be back with that at the end of the week. But, hey, uh, we said it. They need to win four straight on the basketball court in the Terps. So I got the first of those four against Nebraska. Or I guess they've won the first two. They right. have Wisconsin and Wisconsin and Nebraska. Yeah, I forgot about that. We recorded before Wisconsin. So they get the first two wins of the run that they need to go on here. And the Todd, pretty dominant performance from Maryland uh, out there on Saturday. Yeah, it was a really solid performance. You know, I, I really, really, you know, again, Jameer Young is is elevating his game to a, uh, I think, a, a somewhat unexpected level right now. And I guess for me, still the biggest surprise was, as I called him, Patrick one in a million. <laughs> don't shake Todd, your head. I'm just shaking. Todd and I are on Zoom, and I just started shaking my head at him. I was going to say, just, like don't shake your head at me, Mason. <laughs> I mean, he, he he had a really, really, you know, pretty special game uh, for Maryland. Scored some baskets, had a couple of blocks, got some big rebounds. You know, I mean, that was a, a very, very productive uh, few minutes. However, I'm going to throw out one little bit of caution. And I said, I walked out of that game thinking, okay, Maryland has to go to Nebraska. And that game's probably going to be a lot tougher than people are thinking it will be right at this moment. Because somehow, I don't think Maryland's getting 26 free throw attempts at Nebraska, nor do I think they're going to make 24. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the free throw shooting performance uh, from the Terps was about as good as I think a team can shoot from uh, the stripe. The only two misses were Julian Reese on back-to-back free throws, one of which was a rare air ball from <laughs> free throw line by Juju Reese. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. And and, and I kind of thought similar. Maryland beat Nebraska. I don't really think the final score, a difference of 19, I don't really think reflected the game necessarily. Uh, the point that I like to think is uh, I was sitting with Bruce and and it got to that point where I think Maryland was only leading by eight in the second half and Nebraska managed to give up eight points in a row, most of which were due to technical and intentional fouls. <laughs> and there was just that point where it was seemed like it was on the edge of, of Nebraska coming back. Yeah, I I think so, Mason. I I it took a long time to get comfortable for me in that in that game, despite the the final margin. Although, look, you know, all you got to do is win. Right now, at the, at this point, and the and and they got the tick in the in the left hand column. Yeah, that that is definitely the thing that you're looking at right now. If you're Maryland, um, is getting to string together a couple wins. The Terps have been able to win on their home court uh, throughout the season. And then eventually that's going to have to transition to the road. And you would hope to the Big Ten tournament and you'd hope to the NCAA tournament after that. But right now you're really in a one game at a time. I, I guess that's got to be the mindset for them. 
right now is can you win? You beat that Wisconsin team that got you uh, in Madison. Wisconsin's kind of having a tough run of it, definitely having a tough run of it. They got absolutely waxed by Illinois uh, on their home court on Saturday. Then you have to take care of business against a Nebraska team that's struggling. Now you get to play an Indiana team that is anything but struggling at the moment. Anything but struggling. I think they've they've won five straight uh, coming into to the game Tuesday night. And uh, you know, look, if you go through the the objective sort of rankings, you know, RPI, Ken Palm, Net. Uh, Indi- Indiana, it, they're 19 in Ken Palm, they're 20 in net, 38 in RPI, comparing to Maryland's 32 in Ken Palm, 38 in net, and 41 in RPI. So this is a this is a chance to get a real quality win for the Terps. And if they can pull this win off, I think it takes a whole lot of pressure off when Purdue comes in later. It, it does. I, I definitely think so. It's a quad one quality win for the Terps if they can pull it out. Um, Indiana right now, 15 and six on the season. Todd, you mentioned all their rankings, uh, six and four in the conference. Uh, another team that's similar to Maryland, uh, 11 and one at home. Indiana is three and four on the road, one and one in neutral site. So yeah. very, very similar a team that's played extremely well in their home court, but has really struggled in conference play on the road. Yeah. And similar to Maryland in another way, Mason, if you look down their roster, who's the, who's their tallest player? TJD. Trace Jackson Davis at 6'9". So for once in the in the last span of the last, what, five or six or seven games, uh, Julian Reese isn't going to be going up against a, a seven-footer. Uh, he'll be going up against a guy, look, legitimate national player of the year contender, Trace Jackson Davis, who's having a phenomenal season. Uh, you know, he's averaging almost 20 points a game with 10 rebounds and almost four assists a game and three blocks. I mean, the guy's just stuffing the stat sheet across the board, but at least size wise, this is a theoretically a better matchup for Julian Reese. Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure exactly if, if Juju is the guy that you want on TJD. I mean, he's such a versatile player, not really sure, not really an NBA type player, but as far as college big men go, post-scoring, he can step it out, stretch the floor a little bit. This Indiana team seems like for years have just been lacking a real big man. You know, they had Thomas Bryant, who's kind of the same, maybe a little bit more of a true center in the college game. But it seems to be one of the things that's been holding them back, but has also allowed them to win some games has been the fact that they always have a 6'8 or 6'9 center. And look, Trace Jackson Davis is just not just not a center. It's a power forward that just happens to be playing the five. Which is what Julian Reese, Juju Reese is right now. I think he's, except that really neither one of them is going to step out and shoot a three pointer. I don't, I don't know that TJD has taken a three pointer all year. I, I, I looked at the stats and, and it's just flown out of my old brain, but Indiana's a great three point shooting team. So that'll be a challenge for Maryland. Uh, even, even without TJD stepping out and, and taking that shot. Yeah, no, he's not a big three-point shooter, but can definitely step out and take a jumper and isn't afraid to do so. Uh, Todd, you mentioned it, Indiana, a team that can score the basketball. Going through uh, their win streak, 63 against Wisconsin, which they just blew Wisconsin out 63-45. to That started things off. They then scored 80 against Illinois in a win, 82 against Michigan State, only 61 at Minnesota, 
and 86 against Ohio State on their home court and their home games in that were the win over Wisconsin, the win over Michigan State, and the win over the most recent win over Ohio State. Uh, they've shot the ball a little bit better than their road trip uh, to Minneapolis, where they really struggled to score the basketball and only put up 61 points against the Big Ten's worst team. Do they come into College Park and shoot it well? Only time will tell. But if they do, a team that can certainly put up 80, even in times they've lost this year, uh, 80, 85 points, and that does not play into the favor of of Maryland unless they have another offensive explosion. No, I what what you hope maybe you can do is that I think Indiana is starting a freshman point guard, uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, or something like that, um, and he's a he's an outstanding three point shooter, forty three percent on the year. His eight assist to turnover ratio is about one and a half to one. So maybe he'll uh, feel a little bit of Maryland's pressure if Maryland can make some baskets. I think, you know, again, for, Mer for Maryland, the key is can Emilian make some baskets? Can Juju make some baskets? Can Don Carey stay hot? He got hot against Nebraska. Can he make some baskets? Because that allows Maryland to set their defense. And as I said on, I think, the last podcast, I really think the identity of this team is centered on their defense. They're they're really a defensive team. They want they want to play as unfortunately or as you know unappealing as that might this might be to some people. They want to play first to sixty wins. Yeah, and that and that if they can force Indiana to play that game, I think Maryland definitely has the upper hand. If they're not able to, and it becomes a three point shooting contest, well, I think we all or at least everybody that's listening to this podcast knows probably not going to go Maryland's way. Yeah. Hit or miss with Maryland. Obviously, you know, they, they had a good game again. They had a, had a good three point shooting game against Nebraska, but that's been really the exception rather than the rule this season. Uh, you know, I've heard Kevin Willard again. I said this before, probably, I, you know, talk about what a terrific shooting team Maryland is and, and they were a very good shooting team, uh, against Nebraska. And obviously we talked at the, at the open about uh, how great they were at the foul line. So, you know, it's, it's, I think Maryland's going to have to defend and defend well. Uh, you know, it should be a game where they can be competitive on the boards again, because uh, Indiana doesn't have the great size. So it'll be an interesting game. It's just one of those Kevin Willard, I hate nine o'clock games. And uh, at, at least at that one, we we shouldn't have the the excuse of a late arriving crowd. No, but the crowd is looking a bit sparse for it, as it has been, um, I think, over the past couple games. They announced a crowd of 15,864 against Nebraska. I definitely don't think that made it to the building, Tom. Oh, no, abs absolutely not. Uh, absolutely not. And and they announced 14-5 against Wisconsin. I feel like those two crowds were about the same, probably somewhere around 11, between 11 and 12, actually, it bodies in the building. Um, in the meantime, you know, but again, this is this is a high profile game and it's a highly competitive game. It's important. It's kind of a pick them game. I think DraftKings has Maryland plus one right now or minus one. I mean, uh, yep. you know, Maryland is a one point favorite. So we're, we're looking at that. Um, you know, you're, you're basically looking at a pick them game. Yeah, and I think rightfully so. Uh, and if if, the, if it turns into a shooting contest, I think uh, Indiana has the upper hand. If it turns into a slugfest, 
and a really, really sped up game, you could see both teams kind of get out and running. But I think if Maryland can keep the pressure up, I think you start to see them switch defenses mid-possession again, start to do uh, their tricks when they know that they're, they need to pull out all the stops on the defensive end. But really, I think this is one of those pick games that goes to the home team. And, and I would think that Maryland will be able to do what they need to do. And Jameer Young would have another big game in the Terps uh, win. Talking about crowd, looks like still about four... 4,500 tickets available on UM Terp. So I wouldn't expect too much of a bigger crowd uh, than what we've seen over the last two. Just kind, kind of uh, surprising. But, you know, we were talking before we we uh, started recording, and and I know that you're going to play an interview with Rob Vaughn a little, uh, or that you played an interview with Rob Vaughn. Uh, so and I assume people heard Rob talk about what it takes to draw and maintain crowds, and that's win. And, you know, I, you have to hope that the more Maryland wins, particularly at home, uh, the more they'll get people back in the building. Yeah, Todd, um, before we let you go, look ahead at the next four from Maryland, something that we've been doing. And as we get closer to uh, March, we will make sure to keep doing this when we record here on the podcast. The game against Indiana at Minnesota, at Michigan State, and at home against Penn State. Where are you happy? Two and two, three and one. I'm leaning that it has to be closer to a four and zero or three and one uh, run for the Terps to kind of maintain their place in the conference, which could end up being in that upper half. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think three and one is is really what I I'd, I'd be looking at for for this. We, you know, we talked before. You know, you need the four win four and zero which started, we've got two. If they get the win Tuesday night, that gives them three. They go to Minnesota, four. That takes some of the pressure off at Michigan State. Michigan State, you know, it's it's always going to be a battle. It's a, certainly a winnable game. This is not the Michigan State of past years in terms of their record or their talent level. So that's a winnable game. And then you come home and you absolutely have to win Penn State. So you get the win Tuesday night, win at Minnesota, win against Penn State. You've got three. Uh, the turn, that, that puts you, I think, at eight and six at the end of that stretch in the conference. Maryland right now, five and five, or are they six and five? Um, that, that would be eight and six. Yeah, they're so five, they'd be five eight and right six. Now. So they're five and five. So they'd be eight and six. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, you have some winnable games where you have Minnesota coming in, you have at Nebraska, you have at Penn State. So you do have some winnable games left on the schedule. And if, if you're at eight and six and let's see, well, you know, we talked, I talked last time, I, you know, you want to get to 11 and nine. I think 11 and nine absolutely locks you into the tournament. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I think there's a chance for 11 or 12 wins. Really, I, I hate to say it. Nothing's easy in this conference, but but if they get if they continue to play at the level they played, they should easily be able to reach that goal without having to, you know, have a big upset win or win a game on the road, steal one on the road. I think they position themselves at this point. Almost feels like surprisingly saying this well to finish where they need to. Yeah, it is. A, it is a surprise. I think that, you know, we had that midseason lull. People got so psyched at the beginning of the season with some of the wins that I'm not sure that people expected over the St. Louis's and Miami's. And then of course you had the lull with the blowout by uh, the loss to Tennessee, the blowout at home by UCLA and, and these things. And, and people began to sort of 
pull back on their expectations and tamp those down. And now Maryland seems to be heading in a new, heading back up in the, in the same direction they were to the team at the beginning of the year. And that team is certainly an NCAA team. Yes, it is. And, and the big step for that coming up tomorrow night uh, at the Xfinity Center of Terps taking on Indiana and Todd, I know you hate predicting it, but you brought up the line. So, so you got to throw something out there. Do you see the Terps taking it away? Uh, you know, I mean, our friends at DraftKings have to get a little, you got to get a little plug in for them, Mason, you know, a little unofficial plug in for them there. And uh, they're, they're kind enough to uh, promote the podcast and sponsor the podcast. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Maryland in a squeaker. Yeah, so there you go. We actually got a prediction out of Todd. He doesn't he doesn't throw the line out of what he's playing, but he, he does say the Terps uh, take it. Thanks, Todd, for hopping on and talking some basketball. We'll see you later in the week for the non-rev report. All right, looking forward to it, Mason. And that'll do it for this episode of the Young Terps podcast. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates, for all of your IT needs. Call Viner Four Gates today, 301 251 2900 and DraftKings Sportsbook with the Super Bowl coming up. Make sure to download and bet if you're going to on DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to play responsibly. Thanks to our guests, head Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn and the Terps lacrosse goalie Logan McNaney. We will be back later in the week breaking down what happens in Maryland's game against Indiana and looking forward to the Terps trip up to the barn in Minneapolis. And as always, thanks for listening.